ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badass Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio For real Society 13 Networks. I'm hoping my buddy Jim Castiglio picks up the phone. He may or may not. We'll see. Hello? Oh. Technology just against us tonight, man. No, it's not. I'm really pissed. <laughs> Are you there? Huh? No, no. I just like honestly, like, what's going on with Skype? I can't get on. Uh, yeah, but I'm not. Uh, whatever. No, it's got to be like a area-wide thing. Whatever. Hey, whatever. <laughs> and that was the I Hate Skype remix. Um, <laughs> man, <laughs> had this discussion with our uh, next band uh, that will be on the next show, actually. Uh, and you're going to hear them play Dear Enemy tonight. Um, that is the nightclub, Emily Cavanaugh and uh, Mark Brooks. But yeah, we had that discussion on that show, which you'll, like I said, you'll hear later in the week, um, and you'll hear their song tonight, "Dear Enemy." But uh, we're gonna have a fabulous writer here, and in just a couple of moments here, uh, <laughs> Jim Castiglione is back, and uh, he is in Fiends of the Flesh, and his story. I mean, honestly, you're gonna hear all about it. You're gonna hear about real, real horror. All right, but yeah, uh, we we just wow, Skype that night just wasn't working. All right, love you guys. This is Kettle Whistle Radio. So we got Jim Castiglione on the phone right now. <laughs> Skype is not responding. <laughs> Skype is not responding. I, I I hate Skype right now. Right now. Um, <laughs> so once again, one of the one of the many authors that I adore on Fiends of the Flesh. And uh, this guy's been writing for a long, long time. Jim, introduce yourself once again. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Jim Castiglione. I'm originally from New York, and uh, I've been writing. And this, I'm really proud of this last project. Uh, it came together so nicely. And uh, just even the genesis of the story, um, it's, I'm a very visual person. And I remember reading an article in the newspaper about... Uh, 
in Times Square that they had these jumbotrons and that it was a form of uh, surveillance and that it's almost like a two-way mirror that they could monitor, you know, the crowd. And I was like, wow, you know, that whole notion of, like, surveillance and uh, participation, perception versus reality, that type of thing. So I came up with this story. And uh, originally, again, being so visual, I kind of started writing it as a screenplay, but it, it just it just fell into like a, a novel format. But the um, the tagline was a surveillance operator's unrequited love turns this predator into prey when a nursing student's altruistic concept just really resonated with me. Because again, with my background working in so many different areas. Uh, five years in the uh, psychiatric unit, and I did finally escape. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. And, and he actually, he, he, he married one of my friends, so I'm, I'm a little concerned about her, but, you know. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he procreated. Oh, geez, he procreated. They all, we're all in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No man, um, I I thought of you like first when I was putting this anthology together, and again, Fiends of the Flesh is about the authors, and I wanted something different from everyone, and I got it. I actually got it. I'm so proud of this little project I did, and people love your story. It's yeah, man. You're, you're getting like people really, really love it because it's so different. Like we go from monsters to all of a sudden like gangsters. And let's right. face it, they're the real monsters right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where it could be anybody. You know, it, it could be somebody that you're you're talking to on the phone, and uh, no pun intended, but, you know, it's just <laughs> how this guy was a stalker and just, you know, comes across more or less of, oh, he's just playing games, and then it, I keep upping the ante, and it just, you know, turned to a real dark place. It gets real. Um, uh, we're talking yeah. about the stalking of Emily White, all right? And it's yeah. in Fiends of the Flesh. Check it out. You don't have to be a horror fan to like this story. It's just a good story. And uh, people that uh, I've talked to, they're like, wow, that one, uh, it's a little different for you. It's not really in the uh, horror genre. I was like, no, it's just good. It's fun. It's uh, It takes you somewhere else. And... Uh, Mr. Castiglione, you're a little bit dark. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I even had a, uh, I, don't, I know you caught the video. It was a YouTube video. Yeah. And uh, if, if you go on YouTube, you could type in The Stalking of Emily White. I actually had a, uh, a videographer come and try to bring my concept to life. And it, it, I thought it was done really well. Yes. You know, just to see, yeah. Yeah, we got to get creative like these days because I don't. I, do people read? I don't know. Do people pick up books? I have no idea. I'll tell you what though. Um, I'm I'm hot off the heels of a, a Renaissance festival. Go ahead, laugh, laugh. <laughs> yeah, uh, where I was drinking out of a horn. Okay, a, a horn on my belt and I dressed like Jack Sparrow. Whatever the hell. And uh, we had a blast. But yeah, I had a few beers and then Skype decided to like poop out. Otherwise. You'd hear more Jim like live in my face right now. I apologize, folks, but you know Skype. <laughs> Skype's a bitch. It's a bitch. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me drinking out of a horn. So enough of that. <laughs> clearly not. No. You, no, clearly not. Clearly not. No, actually, no. It really doesn't. 
moving on. So, <laughs> so now you went from like I, I know you were nursing, you were a cook. Yeah, I, it was uh, I was in the sexual intake department of a, uh, a local hospital, and basically I, I was working these twelve-hour shifts, and I would speak to physicians, and they'd say, "Look, I have a patient; they need to be admitted." And those were, you know, the routine calls in the early afternoon. In the evening hours, but come nighttime, people would just call up, and I had something that kind of sparked my interest. This one person called up and said, uh, my husband was over in Iraq, and he's not acting right. Hmm. And I remember when I was on the phone, I could hear the blaring music, and I kind of touch on that in the story. Yeah. But it, it just, it was so eerie, you're on the phone. And you hear this like massive distortion. I, I'd be hard pressed to tell you what song was playing, but it, it seemed like it was like Radiohead, the uh, Karma Police, because uh, it was just yeah. all distortion. Right. And uh, I, I said, you know, why don't you put your husband on? And she gets him on, and I said, you know, what's going on? What What are you up to? Apparently, he was shooting arrows into his basement wall. And he must have been hearing voices or what, and he took the approach of, uh, you're, you're not military. I, you know, I just got done serving. I can't speak to you. And going on, and I could hear the, the wife was panicked initially when I got the call, when I received the call. Right. And uh, she's like, I have three kids, and this guy is, you know, my husband is shooting arrows. I'm like, wow, that's not safe at all. (laughs) And just, I mean, you know, just just the horror in the mind. The irony here is, I I don't want to make fun and make this funny, but I am wearing... uh, strategic arrow champion from the, the Renaissance Festival sticker on my shirt right now. It's this is ter- just terrible timing. I'm sorry. Move on. <laughs> Actually, it's funny, but uh, yeah, I mean the, the situation was it, it rectified itself. But you know, again, you're on the other line of the phone. I have no visual contact and. The, the story that's playing out in the person's head where, you know, I had to dispatch police through another co-worker. I kept her on the phone, and it was just really horrific. But that was, odd, 15 years ago. And, you know, I, I saw this news article, and, again, you know, being a writer and, and just it just sparked something. And it was like these chain of events. It stayed, just, it, it stayed with you. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, it was very horrific to, uh, mm. you know, to have that on the phone. And you're like, well, when I told her you didn't need to get out of the house and we dispatched police. But beyond that, I, I couldn't tell you what happened, you know, because once that phone call hangs up, that's it. Mm. And, and you're like, wow, I wonder what happened to the person. And, you know, what if this and that? So, yeah. It, I understand. <laughs> that's rough no I, that is rough you do wonder if you worked anywhere for you folks that worked in a call center or what you do wonder what happens when you're not there anymore you just and you're supposed to just dismiss it and that's rough it's rough yeah man but you know it's uh 
again with the story that how they just unfolded it was, it was pretty uh, unique you know because again like i said that happened maybe 15 years ago and that was the furthest thing from my mind but reading that article and you know the uh just the whole response and just to hear the panic in a woman's voice i told her just get out of the house you know what shooting arrows in the wall that, that's not right right so, damn <laughs> she ran to the neighbor's house and uh, you know that was the last I heard yeah wow okay yeah, so, okay know, again that's you're dealing with like horror this is something that could be any person on the street that you pass by and I that is horrifying to me yes you know that you know we, we tend to create stories and what to explain things, you know, the origin of story writing. But the notion of, you know, here's this person walking amongst us. Mm. You know, it, it could be a person with a suit and tie and you're like, oh, wow, you know, this is... So anyway, yeah, that's how I... But you, you know that guy's nuts. All right, listen, we're going to... Oh, yeah. More from Jim in just a second. Got to pay the bills. You know how this works, folks. Stick with us. It's going to get interesting. Trust me. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker. With Dwelling in the Dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. All right, once again, folks, all the interesting conversations take place off the air. As you know, if you're a victim, I mean a listener of Kettle Whistle List, uh, Radio, what what is this? Podcast? Um, yeah, so yeah, all the good conversations take place off air. Here, the best thing right now is that I put my headphones on backwards and it's hurting my head. Um, ow, Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't, oh God, don't ever do that. I guess I'm lucky to still have hair at my age, but that hurt. All right, so, yeah. So, again, Jim Castiglione, <laughs> more importantly, <laughs> my buddy from Long Island. That's right, folks, Long Island. We we make horror because we come from a horrible place. I don't know. Explain. Hey, Jim, seriously, like, um, where does your love – I don't think you're a pure horror fan – because you write really good drama. 
Are you a horror fan? You know, I mean, I, I, I'm a product of the 80s. I grew up, I used to love, uh, you know, Michael Myers and uh, Jason and, and stuff like that. The slasher films, the, you know, the violent stuff. Um, I, I mean, I, I've run the gamut. I've, I've seen uh, Rob Zombie. You know, I, I, like, I like some of his stuff, too. But you witness more human drama, and that's where the stalking of Emily White comes from, correct? Right. Yeah, okay. correct. What What made you write it? Like, what? Uh, honestly, like, uh, like, where does that come? I, I we already talked about where it comes from, but like, is this something you want to pursue? Is it like you like the dark corners, or you stick with drama, or go darker? Yeah, definitely. I, I would go darker um, because if you remember that uh, my first interview with you regarding the screenplay, oh yeah, uh, by hook or by crook, it I delve into like a real dark place with that, and uh, I, unfortunately, some of it was fueled by uh, oxycontin when I had my shoulder surgery. You know, hey, I had that's uh, okay, man. Truth is truth, <laughs> and uh, it's real amazing with that so i i want to really get in with that I, i've been writing in my spare time as you know is spare time is comes at a premium it, you're always running around and what but uh i for me writing is an outlet uh again very imaginative and uh i just I, i'd love to see this you know possibly down the road as like some type of feature or what you know, uh, anything is possible. Yes, it but is. It, it's, uh, you know, the whole writing aspect. It's, that, that's my background. You know, I, I entered that uh, contest and I scored uh, reasonably well. And it just, it's like I'm chasing that. Yes. But, uh, yeah. That's why I do this show. Uh, that's the whole reason I do this show. Is, you know, it, you know fuck Hollywood. Because we... All of us, people listening, we write stuff that is real. This guy here, Jim Castiglione, has been doing it for years. You know, we all struggle with reality and writing and whatever. But let's face it. When you come home at the end of the day after work, if you have the energy to pen what just happened to you, there are people that want to hear it. And I, I think that's, I, that's your deal. I think that's what you, you're really good at. Thank you, thank you, man. That's it means a lot. But more importantly, yeah, I, you know, I'm just a humble guy from uh, New York. You know, born and raised in Brooklyn, lived on Long Island, and uh, now I'm living in the Midwest somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you, man. You have kids. You have two little girls. Yes. How do you yes. feel about your girls reading? Well, not just your stuff, but the stuff in Fiends of the Flesh, and other stuff like are you one of those parents that let them watch everything i have a feeling no <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, it's, i know it's, your it's, wife dude <laughs> i know it, it's interesting you go there um a lot of uh things that fuel my writing was that my daughter had no interest in it whatsoever and <laughs> once, once i started to put pen to paper Part of it was, like, to motivate her to see, you know, if, if you have drive, if you have passion, mm. anything can happen. So 
so uh, she was so involved to see my name, you know, in print or our last name. So uh, <laughs> she picked up the book and started reading. Oh no! Quickly, oh god! You no, know, no, no, no! I I quickly turned the page and oh thank god! You know, I let her read. You know, <sighs> aspects that don't have anything. But uh, interesting enough, they came to me and said, "Why don't you write a children's book?" And I looked at my wife with the corner of my eye, and she said, don't you dare. Uh, uh, I said, no, no, I'm not going to make an adult children's book, <laughs> which would be funny as anything. Oh, yeah. So uh, I I started writing it. I took a, a concept from my daughter. We, it's going to sound very strange, but we have an English uh, Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're talking to me, and you say this sounds strange. <laughs> Let, let's move on. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, I, I got my helmet on. I'm diving in. Hey. Uh, I, I have an English bulldog. and Oh, I love them. Been, they're adorable, and they're so dedicated. Yeah. Yes. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The dog's name is Meatball. <laughs> and it, it, it just sits there. It's a meatball. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's... She has, like, no energy whatsoever, but now and again, if the door is open, she'll bolt. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing, because you see this big brown thing running, you know, <laughs> it's, it's comical. So they said, why don't you write a story about, you know, Meatball Runs Away? Oh. I'm like, you know, that is funny. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and that... I would turn to my wife, you know, tongue in cheek, and say, "Well, you know, what, what if something happened to the dog, and you know, it, it fell in a hole, or you know, swallowed up by a demon, or you know?" She's like, <laughs> "So, like, no, no, no I'm, I'm, if I do this, I'm going to do it right. Make, make it like a, a children's <laughs> thing, you know, at least something for my kid to read." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> meatball. I'm, I'm already dying. I can't wait to see that one. Put All right. It on your shelf. Now, here's the deal, though. I yeah. don't like spoilers, but I do like to let people know what a story is about. How do we explain your story in Fiends of the Flesh without spoiling? Well, I mean, uh, I mentioned uh, earlier in the program about the, the tagline, but uh, that, that, that is kind of vague, isn't it? Uh, let's see. Uh, it's tough, man. Your story is tough to like to like talk about without ending. Uh, away. Yeah, it's it's um, you know it's again it's talk about the human drama. Uh, I've had other people screen this, and they said it reminded them of like a James Patterson or a uh, an SVU episode. Okay. Because there's an element of crime, there's an element of, uh, there's like the slash, slasher type genre, so it, it could also be like a psycho noir, because, uh, again, we're dealing with a stalker who is not wrapped tight, but it starts <laughs> off innocently enough, you know? Yeah, if you, you grew up in uh, New York in the 70s, like I did, and I think you did too. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was uh, plenty of <laughs> that going around. <laughs> it, it just, you know, it, it was a cultural melting pot. It, just so many different things were going on, so many different colorful characters. And, you know, 
No, but that, that that evil background, that weirdness in the streets, and disgusting. It was like New York was a dirty, scary place then. So that's what we grew. That's why I think that's why me and you do this. You know, we we saw the weirdness. We grew up with the the blackout of what seventy was it seventy six, and I mean, right. Let's not talk about the forty five caliber killer that we all heard about while we were on. <laughs> On the school bus. Yeah, we had a boogeyman. We had a real live boogeyman that people don't understand outside of New York. But, yeah, it has an effect on a kid. I don't know if that affected you, but... I don't, you know, it's... When everybody writes things, they they put an element of their self into this. Meaning... You see somebody or you see a certain personality trait or you see something and it just, you create the story. I think we all love to be scared. And the notion, you know, with the human drama of, you know, this person could be out there Mm. or, you know, people think like this. So I guess, again, all my years in psych, it's, you're working in the intake department, talking with people on the phone. And again, that. That was the scariest part, because at least growing up in New York, if mm. you're going to come at me, you come face forward. Right. It's none of this, but on the phone, it's kind of scary. It, again, it made me think while I was writing, uh, When a Stranger Calls, you remember mm. that scary movie? I love that. What about yeah, that and Play Misty for me with Clint Eastwood? Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it's even more frightening. And, you know, they, they build on that, that, the you know, you, you're in somewhat of a secure environment, but, you know, all of a sudden somebody's coming into your room. Right. Through the phone. Or they're, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty horrifying. When a stranger calls. Very, very, very effective back then. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that. That's like one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> why? I have no idea. Why do we like these things? What? Like why, Jim? Why do we? Why are we prone to like this? Like I loved it. I just saw it. Fantastic. Oh, oh, the book is amazing. It's my favorite book of all time, and they do a really good job. I'm not gonna say it's like you know the end of times for horror. It was good. Right. It was really good. Really good. The kids are fantastic. I, I if somebody does this with a stand, then wow. But wow, I, yeah, it's good. Um, where do you stand with monsters? Because that's what I write about, and you're in Fiends of the Flesh. Again, I, as a kid growing up, I loved Alfred Hitchcock, uh, the, the monster genre. I mean, even, like, I'm trying to introduce my daughter. My daughter loves horror. <laughs> but it's like, wow, you're 10. What I'm so sorry. I showed, her, I showed her, like, the invasion, invasion of the body snatchers. Oh, my God. And, Classic. Yeah, I, I mean, the loved- 80s? The 80s version is scarier. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I love the first one. Uh, of course, black and white. But, Jesus Christ, that one with... Oh my God! In the seventies, that trailer alone is horrific. And it's you know the the whole notion of uh, of the monster. You know when when you look at cinema and it's the picture of the times kind of dictate what's going on in there in the what was it late fifties? Yeah, they had like the blob, and they said that was like uh, a form of communism. <laughs> 
you know, that... I never that, saw it that. I just thought it was a, a good sci-fi. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It's a favorite. Then, you know, you're dealing in a world today of surveillance. Everybody's watching you. There's no... But that's been done since the dawn of time. I mean, you look at uh, Shakespeare. They're talking with uh, Polonius, you know, the the whole idea that people are watching and, and this and that. And that that's frightening to think that everything you do, you know, uh, if Skype was working, let's say, you know, <laughs> they, they're able to see what's going on. And, you know, yes. even at a time from New York, I don't want anybody to know what's going on. I know, right? Oh, God. Yeah, they're all reading. Come on. Oh, but, yeah.
Yeah. Being in a country from New York, I don't want anybody knowing what's going on. Yeah, I know, right? Oh God. Yeah, they're all reading our minds. Uh, but yeah, jeez. Oh, uh, it came from outer space. Was on last night on this show called Svengule, and I always yeah. loved that. It came from outer space. I was like a fan of that when I was like seven. I didn't know why. And I learned like uh, this weekend, Ray Bradbury wrote the thing. Like, so I had good taste when I was seven. <laughs> what was the first thing you read that disturbed you? Let's see. In the horror field. Uh... Uh, anything. For me, you know, I, again, it's like I, I'm kind of drawing a blank, but I, I remember reading, uh, growing up in the like the mid-80s in New York and, and what uh, the whole notion of like mobsters and gangsters and stuff like that was so appealing, uh, just just learning about it. So I've, I've read a lot of, again, it's it was true. It was... Uh, you were there. You were in yeah, it. You were you like know, in it. And, so to, to see all that, or, you know, uh, again, going back to an earlier date, it was it was like a, a lot of uh, wannabe type stuff and people thinking, you know, just trying to cut corners to make ends meet and what. But re- actually reading uh, about uh, John Gotti and, and the, uh, Sammy the Bull and stuff like that and, and all the horrific things that came from that, and it's like, wow, what, would, what could... How could be somebody be so cold blooded and and pull the trigger? And I was like, wow, that that is fascinating that they're able to turn that on and off. Yeah, we're all you know, fa- yeah, just, we're all fascinated and, by that. I mean, that Let's face it. Horror, yeah, that- Scarface, Scarface, the Godfather trilogy. Why are we drawn to that human drama? Let's face it, folks. And if you really want to face it, check out his story in Fiends of the Flesh. And, dude, do you have a Twitter? How do we find you? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook at uh, Jim Castiglione. Um, you might want to spell that. I have the YouTube video. What's that? You might want to spell that. People are stupid now. Sure. Oh, no, no, no. My, my bad. B-A-S-E-I-G-L-I-O-N-E. And are you on Twitter? Not right now. Well, so, folks, you know, it, it, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, really running with this writing stuff, it, it's soon to come. It's a work in progress like anything else. Yeah, you got the venom, dude. You got the venom. You're not going to stop. And I'm glad. <laughs> no, I'm glad. No, Don't no. ever stop. Don't ever stop. But find us all at www.burningbulbpublishing.com and Please check out www.fairlydarkproductions.com. Hit me up on Twitter if you want at Fairly Dark. Um, Jim, we got to get you on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you got you, you got stuff to say, man. <laughs> I do. All right. You got something in close? Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Are you kidding? Yeah, you're gonna be a regular. You got, you got a closing? Want to say good night? I just I, uh, thank you for all the opportunities and uh, please check into it. Uh, see the video on YouTube. Uh, give you a little more perspective of what was written.
Yeah, man. And we are in Barnes and Noble. Hell yeah. Yes. How about that shit? That is a lifelong dream. And for all you kids out there, yes, it is. We're in our, well, I'm in my late 40s, so it's nice to be, actually be in Barnes and Noble before they all close. Right? <laughs> yeah, because they're not selling coffee anymore. I don't know. All right. <laughs> all right. This was fun. Sorry it was not a, um, you know, the clearest of airing episodes because, well, we're going to blame Skype. Absolutely. Going out with some Yard Panther. And thanks to Jim Castiglione for being on. You got his, well, you got you got the spelling. Find him. All right, folks. Fan, uh, all right, fans? No. Friends and fiends. Jim, good night. <laughs> Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.